Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Voice of Adoptees, which brings together diverse and unique voices from around the world to share their stories. If you liked today's episode, remember to give us a like, subscribe, and leave a review. Here's your host, David Shunk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Voice of Adoptees. I'd like to welcome you all this evening. We're here with uh, Masha, Masha Schmidt from Massachusetts. Masha, Massachusetts. Um, hello, Masha. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So, Masha, why don't you just tell us about yourself a little bit and uh, we'll go from there. Sure thing. Uh, so by trade, I am an uh, opera singer in training. I do dance as a passion and I am a cultural enthusiast, just overall. So opera singing, can you, uh, you going to sing for us this evening? Gonna? No, it's okay. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that's impressive, though. Do you perform uh, for, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not like a professional at uh, this of uh, acoustics or theater. You know, do you perform for a company or is it personal or kind of tell me about that? Sure. Uh, so right now I'm in school getting my bachelor's in music where for the most part, uh, people in my degree uh, in vocal performance degree uh, usually end up with some sort of a company. Um, for me, I plan on doing some working. I'd like to experience working with a company and that kind of a thing, but kind of the end goal for me is more of teaching voice privately with the knowledge I gained through my career. Um, but yeah, no, a lot, a lot, some people, a lot of people do go just like they find a company to sing with. They focus there. Um, some people don't end up, even if they get a vocal performance classical degree, that is, they might end up more in the musical theater realm or the jazz realm, kind of anything like that. So it's really person to person. But for me, I would like to do some company work as well as just kind of have my own voice studio and teaching. Nice. Do you uh, see yourself staying in Massachusetts? Um, honestly, I am not sure where, like which country I really see myself because I kind of love everything about all of the other countries and what they have to offer as well. Um, but at least for a little while, I will definitely be staying in the kind of Connecticut, Massachusetts area since I go to school down in Connecticut. Right. I'm just trying to think of a best well-known city in the U.S. for opera. I mean, I... Of course, everyone would think New York City, of course, but I, I know Russia, you know, they compete pretty well with opera over there, too. So we'll get into that oh, in a sure. minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about your adoption story. Why don't you um, tell us in your own words a little bit about it, you know, where where you adopted from and kind of where you are on, with uh, that stage of your life? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I... The actual, the children's home or Dietsky Dom uh, is in Kaložice, which in, is in the Leningradske Oblast. Um, but I was born in Volosova, which is also in that kind of area. Um, and that's kind of locationally. Um, for me, I was born in 2003, adopted in 2005 at two years, nine months. And so at that point, I spoke some Russian and so kind of the main thing 
that for me became really important was speaking Russian and keeping my heritage, which I later found out that um, kind of just through finding out my last name, which is Ilchenko, uh, it is a Ukrainian last name. So I, to some degree, have to be Russian-Ukrainian, which definitely led into a whole new world of like learning that some some of that culture, getting into that culture, as well as uh, keeping up. So probably for like the majority of the first half of my life, it was mostly just like, oh, I'm Russian. And then the second half, it was like, oh, well, I'm Russian-Ukrainian and kind of started getting to that. So yeah, kind of just figuring out who I am. It sounds like the best of both both worlds, Ukrainian and Russian. Yeah, I, I actually kind of have a similar story in figuring out that uh, my biological father's side was uh, Ukrainian, you know, further down the road. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, so you were said you were adopted in 2004, born two, 2005, and you were born yes. 2002? Three. Three. Okay, sorry. I was off by a year. Okay. But wow, you're, you're really... Uh, sizing me up on my age a little bit but uh because i was born <laughs> in 92 94 uh 1994 but anyway so okay so you were adopted from russia and you have not been back yet is that correct i have actually um, oh well let's we have to hear about this part then yeah absolutely so um when i was 10 i went back and i visited uh st petersburg moscow and i actually went back to my children's home and i visited there too um, so my mom and I, she adopted me as a single mother for reference. Um, so when we went back, we stayed actually in the same apartment that we had stayed in at the time of my adoption in old St. Petersburg, the older section that is, which is pretty cool. Um, and it, I also, the year that I went back was right after Russia banned, uh, Americans and possibly, I don't know if it was others, but it was Americans at least from adopting from Russia. So <laughs> a little awkward for sure. But at least I was able to obviously go back um, as visiting. Uh, and I. So you, you was, stayed in the apartment that your adoptive mother stayed at when she was going through the process with you. Now, that is something that that's pretty impressive. Um, I, and you were yeah. just so young. I assume you don't have many or any memories. Yeah. No. Yeah, unfortunately, no. Um, yeah. And actually, because uh, Russia had banned Americans, the woman who had worked in the adoption agency with my mom, like at that time, worked with my mom uh, through the agency, she had lost her job, but my mom had stayed in contact with her. And so she was able to arrange the rental of the same apartment. And her daughter, Katya, um, agreed to be our tour guide uh, for very little uh, through St. Petersburg. And uh, as well as going back to the uh, Dom, the uh, orphanage. And um, so we were able to kind of see all of these really beautiful places like Katerinburg, the Petrgov, uh, just places in St. Petersburg. We went to a, a, a museum, so, I mean, so many museums. One of them was like an ethnographic museum on costumes, which I found fascinating. Um, but we spent a week there. Um, and then we also went to Moscow, which was also very beautiful. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was wonderful. And it was really interesting visiting the orphanage specifically, because when I had gone, it was this rundown, you know, 
cockroaches and not painted walls and definitely like mold and children lined up against the wall with beds and just very uh, poor that sounds terrible <laughs> you're not really but painting I, the red carpet there <laughs> that's how it was when i was there right so i went back right and they had they had computers and they had painted colorful walls and clearly like they had gotten some sort of funding either governmental or private and were able to really just upgrade it and i almost had this momentary like dang i missed the i missed the upgrade <laughs> which is kind of com comical um but it was it was it was wonderful we actually saw a ballet in st petersburg as well we saw giselle at the alexandrinsky theater and it was fantastic but i bet yeah. it was yeah that's awesome that's so cool it was such a such a great two weeks I I love it. Loved every moment for sure. Yeah, uh, and the food there is incredible. Um, oh, so oh, I know. Uh, so I have to ask: between Saint Petersburg and Moscow, which city do you kind of like better? Probably where you know. I could. I, I think I know the answer, but I want to hear <laughs> Saint what Petersburg. You, yeah, I figured. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. cool though. That's really that's really awesome. Well, I'm sure your adopted mother was blown away. You know, staying in the same place that I'm sure that brought back a lot of memories. Um, for and, sure. It would be mm -hmm. really so, but the the fact that you guys got to bond that way, that's that's something special. Mm -hmm. And um my adopted mom and I went back to Russia together as well. So I can relate with you in a lot of that. So it's just mm -hmm. it's nice to have that support there in case you need it. And the fact that she it sounded like was pretty open about exploring it with you and um all that. So did so did you grow up uh, always knowing you were adopted and Yeah. Um okay. I I have quite an unusual story in that yeah, case. But, sure, um, sure. Okay. We, I grew up being very aware of where who, where I was from and just kind of who I was on that end. Where I had come to, I came to America from Russia. I still, at that point, I was speaking Russian. My mother didn't speak very good Russian, and so she had seen that I started losing my Russian, and so she literally. Uh, through childcare, my pediatrician, and through literally getting me a Russian teacher, kept me fluent. And to this day, I'm still fluent. Um, and <laughs> so, like, she seriously, she you're you're fluent. fluent. I'm fluent. Good uh, for right. you. I can read. I can write. I Molly Beats. <laughs> but it's it's all because of my mom in that end. I mean that. I mean sure to once I got older it was my decision which I chose to keep speaking but it was it was her powerhouse of just getting different babysitters and actually kind of like family lineage of babysitters kind of funny where one my first Russian babysitter was um had uh was between transferring colleges and when she went back the, her mother took over taking care of me and then when um her mother couldn't anymore her uh the mother's sister also took her like oh like, totally it's like you had your your uh <laughs> your adoptive mom when she got you you didn't know that you were being adopted into a whole other russian family too over in the u.s practically <laughs> i mean absolutely i was i was definitely very much involved in the russian um community in my area i mean thankfully the boston area and my more like sort of east uh, East Central Mass area has very strong Russian communities, or at least it had much stronger when I was growing up uh, than now. But I mean, it was it was luck, it was location. I I I did so much to keep my language, my 
Russian teacher Lena worked with me for years um, and still through college now that I'm I'm in college we when I can I didn't in the fall semester but in the spring semester I started going to her again just to kind of keep it up and reading and just really getting maintaining was is kind of where I'm at but it's it's been it's been a really special I think just journey for me because you know not everyone can be like oh yeah I'm adopted from Russia and I have no ties there but I'm still fluent <laughs> yeah no that's that's um that's really impressive you know you have we have so many adoptees that are adopted from Russia that come here lose the language uh some never want to relearn it some try but it's too hard and others relearn it and then uh don't speak it you know the best i'm one of them um but that's just awesome that your adoptive mother really played a big big role in helping you maintain that culture side of you and that self of identity and that's something that we like to, to ask about and talk about identity and adoption and what you what you believe and you know get your thoughts on all that and this is this is really cool and i think a lot of people are going to be interested in this and um, seeing your perspective. So, you know, when, for example, we have adoptees that, um, you know, they may struggle with identity, right? And questioning about, um, you know, how Russian or Ukrainian they really are, if they can't speak it. Now, your story is definitely different. So wh what's your uh, reaction to that? How would you, I guess, answer someone if they said, do you think I'm Russian, but I can't speak the language? What would you say? I mean, I actually, I also kind of have a lot to kind of say on that, but to kind of keep that as a, you know, slightly shorter response of, I mean, yeah, it is, it's really easy to feel disconnected from your birth cultural, uh, b birth culture, sorry. Um, and like you are, if, if you were born there, even if you don't speak it, if you, even if you don't have people that you know there, you're, that is still who you are. And that if you kind of feel that disconnect is like learning about it, investigate it, get to know it, get to know your roots, especially if you feel alienated, which I even even doing my Ukrainian dance, having done some Russian folk dance, knowing the Russian culture and being raised and like even with that, I do identify very strongly as Russian, but I, I too get to points where I feel alienated, but being able to find your way back kind of to learning about it and finding your sense of belonging in your heritage, I think is just, it's really helpful. And I think it's just something I think that everyone, if, if they want, even, I guess, people who aren't adopted just in general, like if you don't know much learning about your culture, learning about your heritage, I think it's so important. And yeah, no, it's, I am, I am very lucky with kind of where I ended up and, having so much cultural connection yeah no, that's that's really big like i and i mean really big and i'm not trying to keep asking you the same question over and over about it but it's just really fascinating because we really don't get many stories from adoptees like yours um it's always the other way around you know they're they're desperate for culture they're desperate to learn the language and sometimes they get adopted into families where the parents you know maybe not uh, support them 100% in wanting to do a lot of things Russian related. I mean, you know, but your story is definitely different. And I know you started to talk about, 
your involvement with Russian folk dancing and all this. And you said you had a lot to tell us. So let's let's dive into that. Let's, how, how did that all begin? Let's I want to know. Yeah. Sure. So um, this kind of goes back into kind of like the whole being brought up and all of that where um, I had the people who babysat me and through them they found someone else who kind of got me involved in the Russian community in my area and I just I I started to get to know those people and there was this Russian folk dance group which I dance many other things beyond Russian folk dance which I don't do anymore I only did it for I want to say like a couple years I think it was maybe year and a half too um but in that community they started as kind of like a Russian folk dance thing and it was fun and it was definitely like more than anything more than like oh having skill or technique or whatever it was just getting connected with your culture and that's what I really enjoyed about it as well as just getting to get to know Russian kids as well like Russian American kids being like yeah even though I'm my American mother may not you know you might have Russian parents we're still we're the same there isn't there isn't like a separation in that sense and so for me, I grew up so much in music. And thankfully, that's kind of like what I found to be as one of the most international forms of communication is music. And now I study it as a, you know, plan on making it my whole life because I love it. But I did that. And when I when I found out about the Ukrainian thing, I started going to Ukrainian kind of like a summer camp. Um, and then I found uh, through that through one of the directors of that, that's like kind of a Ukrainian workshop and now I'm in this Ukrainian folk dance troupe uh, in Hartford, in the Hartford area. Um, and it's just, yeah, no, I, I'm really glad that I was able to find not only just through like cultural things, but also through things that resonate just with me as a person, the music, um, and just getting kind of into that where I grew up with my Russian teacher who had her end of the year kind of like performance with all of our students where I always sang something sometimes I'd recite a poet poem by some one of the Russian poets usually with Pushkin <laughs> but yeah um, I've heard that a few times <laughs> <laughs> so much Pushkin but yep. um but like doing that and singing through that and I took re- I took piano lessons from her for a while until I realized that I'm not the biggest fan of piano practice <laughs> can do choral and singing but piano is not quite as yeah I did I did piano um but I, hey no complaints here I'm not offended don't worry so <laughs> totally I have to do it in school now so I'm thankful that I did take the lessons because I'm able to kind of you know use my ear and such as well as like music reading skills and such but right yeah, no, I mean, being involved through the through my Russian teachers, kind of the community that she built, and then just the one that existed for the people on like a kind of wider spread of like people from different towns. And um, something kind of cool that I guess I'll share about um, is that there is this program called Star Talk, uh, which is, I believe it's it's some sort of government run through the, the part of the, I forget what it's called, but it's the department that does like um, like translating and just like that kind of work. Um, they run this heritage cultural program. I don't know if they still do now since COVID, but I took it. I was, I did it the summer after my freshman year in high school. I did the Russian one at Harvard in Boston. Um, and it was this uh, program for uh, people who grew up 
with their Russian heritage um, and you had to speak it. And so I came in, uh, I got into the program and came in to, to meet all these people who had Russian parents and were like, you know, super Russian in that sense where they spoke it, they had parents at home. And I came in with, you know, I didn't have Russian parents at home and, but I still spoke it. And it was just a really cool experience to kind of, because I got to take different classes and do different kind of projects that were really Russian based and just kind of digging into that culture, um, which I was really lucky to get to do for that summer. Yeah, that's, um, that's amazing. I'm sure the other uh, uh, Russian students there were definitely surprised. <laughs> for sure. I think I think I we ended up taking kind of like eight, like it was like the Russian ACT sort of like that kind of a thing. It wasn't the ACT, but it was like that kind of a thing. Yeah, I forget what it's called but i ended up like scoring pretty decently and i was kind of like shocked with that that my you know fluency really carried through i'm uh yeah i mean i keep saying this but i'm i'm definitely very fortunate for yeah that's 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 amazing that's so cool what was your favorite um course from that uh, experience at harvard I really enjoyed the art one because uh got to kind of that was we didn't there were kind of like multiple ones and you didn't always necessarily get to do all of them but you got to find out about them but one of the ones that I did was the art one and I really enjoyed it because we got to talk about kind of different styles of painting and it, even if it wasn't necessarily about Russian painters which we also did talk about it was just talking about it in Russian and it was kind of that gra the grammatical building of being able to talk about slightly more complex topics that are a bit niche I guess than to just a regular like conversational Russian yeah um, that's so you got but, to like talk about the colors and the the, like yeah. the the piece of art that you're describing but you're you're basically speaking it in Russian very descriptively pretty much exactly talking about what kind of art it is like what era it's from and like talking about the painter and talking about you know the stylistic decisions and that kind of thing. I mean it was it was a, it was a really wonderful program um but yeah it was I had a lot of fun that is awesome yeah my my artistic abilities start and end with stick figures so we're not even <laughs> totally gonna bother fair. yep not yep. gonna go there but uh that is just really really cool um I mean, I, I didn't even know Harvard even offered that uh, or like I mean, Russian. I mean, I've heard of like Russian programs like that. Uh, I, I was in college up in um, uh, Burlington, Vermont. I attended Champlain, but right next to okay. Champlain was uh, University of Vermont and they had a Russian major and a whole Russian department and language department. So which is kind of funny that you mentioned that because yeah. when I was applying, I had gone to the school and sat in with the Russian professors and they all seemed really interested i was fully planning on majoring in russian and then the the at the point that i started applying their program started to disintegrate and so because there was no russian program there was no reason for me to continue looking at uvm because i was really interested in their russian program but yeah wow. no yeah they, really they have the uh they have the russia house and everything and mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i but they're great people they helped uh back when I, you know my russian was spotty going through college i had a teacher as well and um they helped mm -hmm. a lot with translating services and stuff they were just very friendly people really willing to help Absolutely. us which was nice yeah that's that, so great that's awesome so wow so you got all that experience now um let's talk about information that you have about russia did you get your medical history what do you have and what don't you have so basically all I have is my mother's name and um, 
her eldest daughter's possible probable name um which is also a kind of interesting topic that yeah she's got a older daughter um but all i know is very little basically um okay i mean yeah <laughs> have you uh have you, have you tried to dive into finding more information out or are you interested in that yeah i mean i have i've looked into it i i have a better idea of kind of like like what it would take to get a private investigator and kind of finding out about that because i do i do have a lot of interest and you know <clears throat> even if i were to you know get the private investigator and do all of that i'm also you know to some degree prepared for either my birth mother to not want to you know even say that i'm hers or all of you know because you know it's not always a fairy tale ending like i'm prepared for that but i i definitely have a lot of interest um and i want to know more especially because i like and not very many years ago found out that i have an older sister i would love to meet the older sister or you know at the at the bare minimum i would like to have some medical history <laughs> yeah no that's, that's it's definitely yeah. important uh so the older sister that you have and you found that was on the documents is that older sister adopted as well or still in russia do you know or do you not you're not sure i don't i actually have no idea i mean oh, okay. all i really was that my mom was around 17 when I was born and that she already had an older daughter. Um, and at that point, uh, I had been put up for adoption. But since then, I have no idea. I have no idea if she ended up also putting my older sister or if she has more kids now or anything. I don't. Unfortunately, I don't know. I would love to know. But I yeah, unfortunately, knowledge is limited. Okay. Well, yeah, there's definitely options out there. Um, <laughs> and people are willing to help and I can even give you some recommendations at another time if you'd like. Uh, Absolutely, sure. Su some suggest, I mean, just right off the bat, you know, check out the social networking sites for sure. The the two big Russian ones, VK and OK, those ones will get you. Oh, you have? OK, good. I have looked down those. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> um, <laughs> for sure. So I'm curious. So you over since you're even back to Russia, um, did you travel as an American citizen or a Russian citizen? I do have dual citizenship, but I am like almost positive that I traveled on my American citizenship, like with my American passport. That is. So do you? Oh, okay. That's that's odd, uh, because it's always been illegal, really, for because you know Russia views you as a citizen for life, so you're only supposed to enter and leave the country on a Russian passport. So that's why I was just curious. Um, I might have left on the I. So I, you I can't... you you kept your Russian passport up to date for sure. Yeah. Yes. I know for a fact that I still have my dual citizenship and that I'm pretty sure that was kind of a conversation that my mom had had where it was like, you know, well, you know, you might need to do that all on your American because if you do it on your Russian, you know, such and such could maybe happen and we want to avoid that. And so I was like, okay, because I was 10. So I wasn't, you know, right. Pretty young. Makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. that That's, that's just amazing. So let's talk about, um, we talked about, you know, the culture side of it um let's dive into deeper a little bit on the whole adoption side what's your you know it sounds like your adoption's been great <laughs> don't get me wrong but um what's your overall view of adoption i mean you're looking back on it and you're reflecting on you know your story and maybe what happened being raised in the u.s but you got to keep on to your culture I guess, what's your view on adoption? Do you think your overall experience has been positive so far or were there any bumps in the road? I mean, 
I don't know. It's a loaded question for sure. Um, I, I've, I mean, I've had a very interesting life where I have had, there've been ups and downs with just things in general unrelated to the adoption. So my life has been definitely an interesting one, but I think that adoption is so important. And I think that like, I think that it should be available always to every country to like, no matter, like, I, I think that, I think that when they made it no longer possible for Americans to adopt from Russia, it made just that so much, like it, it, it isolated so many more orphans that could have maybe have had families and it's unfortunate, but I, I, I'm very glad that I got adopted. And I think that, I mean, I think that I'm probably will end up ad- adopting and kind of something that I need to look more into. But I mean, I would even love adopting from Russia. And because I still have my Russian citizenship, maybe I could. And, but yeah, yeah. I was, I was thinking the same thing actually. And there has to be a loophole because if, even if you have Russian citizenship and you have a passport, it just says you live abroad as a citizen. So you could just use that. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a legal expert, so don't 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 quote me on that one. But that's 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 cool that you are so positive about it. I mean, you know, you always get cases of some people leaning more on the negative side. And I guess uh, if you had a message for them, what would you say? Deep question. I know. I know. I'm like, oof. it's okay i mean it's hard because when you have such a positive experience and i can relate to this with you it's hard to even imagine someone could be negative and not have it because in reality we want you know everyone to have a a great experience like we did right but that's not for being practical that's definitely not always the case you have uh, people who get adopted into families that maybe they're not as nice uh, as adoptive family as we would have wanted them to be or they weren't as accepting in their Russian side or they got scared when they said they want to go find their birth family. Um, there's so many different obstacles, but I'm just kind of curious, you know, how, do you have any tips for people that are kind of negative about it? I mean, if I'm being totally honest, I didn't, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows for me. So I'm kind of, <laughs> that answer kind of hits a little bit where I'm like, what, what would I say? I mean, kind of like I'm gonna need a second to think of this I'm like what do I no that's fine um don't don't worry if you don't have an answer that's fine right now I mean I I have an answer I guess I'm just trying to form the sentences Ah, Um, okay yeah it can be really difficult and it can feel really isolating and it's it's gonna be hard and it's going to be unfair, but worse comes to worse. Sometimes you just have to wait it out till till you're an adult, and it sucks and it's unfair. But keeping keeping whatever knowledge you can obtain and keeping kind of just that internal strength of being like, I will get to find something out, even if it's very very minimal, and kind of keeping that hope is I think where I would say is that in general, if it was the situation that you were adopted into a, maybe a not so nice family or 
or one that struggles with, you know, whatever, just kind of like, it it will get better. And I know that that's, you know, it's almost a cliche thing to say where it's like, it doesn't feel like it, but eventually things will get better and, you know, getting help through like mental health professionals or whatever, because there are people who are, who have gotten education and training and learning about how to help us because it can be really hard and it is isolating and it making sure to find that community and finding people. And I mean, I think that this is one of the things that I almost would say struggled the most with, which is like, even on an adoptive level of like that found family and like finding your family. And it doesn't need to be the one you're related to by blood. It doesn't need to be even the one who adopted you. It's who you believe is family and holding on to them and holding them close. And that is my best advice is know that you aren't alone, even if it can feel lonely and it can feel stressful and overwhelming and that knowing that it, you, you'll get through it and you'll, you'll find out what you can when you can. That's a, Beautiful answer. Yeah. No, I mean, that was a loaded question, but you did a great job. That was a loaded response. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, think of it that way. That's that's really nice, though. Um, so you have any plans of wanting to go back to Russia? I know right now is probably not the ideal time, but uh, maybe 10 years <laughs> down the road. Have you thought about returning since you were younger? Absolutely. I mean, originally, the plan was that kind of my mom had this kind of vision where it's like I went back the first time and the hope was that maybe after I graduated high school we'd go back again and then you know at that point it was the pandemic hitting and then it was the war and all of that but I absolutely want to go back and yeah I I want to go back I want to even if it's not to find my birth family just for myself because I definitely kind of have this imaginary sort of vision in my head of what I'm seeing even from when I went back from when I was 10 I want to kind of Resolidify. Yeah. Those. What What would you want to see? That's uh. You know. What's new? What What? Yeah. I guess if you went back again, what new things would you like to see, or what would you like to revisit? Well, I definitely want to go back to Saint Petersburg, and that'll probably be the main area that I go. Um, and I don't know, kind of getting more into the history of it in that sense of like just in general of like Russia and all of that, and just. I mean, at some point, I'd love to, since I know that I am Russian-Ukrainian, if that's ever becomes a possibility, I'd love to go to Ukraine and just kind of be able to see. Because I do have just a, a general imaginatory kind of idea of all of that. And I would love to just, I don't know, kind of find myself. Yeah, no, I totally get it. That's awesome. Um, So growing up in... Uh... Massachusetts, Connecticut area. Have you met other uh, adoptees or it doesn't have to be just Russia, just people who are adopted in general? Yeah, actually kind of ironically, I, um, I know someone who I grew up with who was adopted from the same kind of oblast as me. Um, and then otherwise I, um, I have, I've met a bunch of people who are adopted just like in general, not necessarily from Russia. Um, but it's always it's always an interesting conversation and it always ends up going into like self-identity and kind of 
that general direction is usually where it goes. So yeah. yeah. What 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 has uh, your experience been when people ask about uh, adoption? What what's usually the first thing they want to know about it, or at least about your story? Um. Well, usually they ask if I remember anything, or they ask if you know. Sometimes I'll get the question of, "Do you want to like go back?" As in, like, do I literally want to <laughs> go back, or do I, you know, like, kind of just like my point of view is I think really what they're they really try to ask about and I don't know it's I mean you definitely you understand and it's it's always good to kind of talk to people who are adopted because there's just a kind of a, just a certain level of just I don't I don't even know how to explain it like it's just it's like almost no a level a level of comfort and yeah exactly. like you said no one else ex that's absolutely what I was gonna say I was gonna yeah, yeah no that's perfect do you do you think there's a, a, a stigma against adopted children? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I definitely got bullied growing up because people would say things sometimes even completely inaccurately, like about a different country where I'm like, that's not where I'm from. Or they like, or they say something like something stupid along the lines of like, go back to where you came from or whatever. And it's like, I mean, all the hate is always, unfortunately, at one point or another comes around and um i don't know i mean the best way is to say is they don't get it <laughs> yeah well but, yeah and you're like yeah you you described it beautifully you know there's always going to be something like that there's always going to be someone else with a comment that may not be positive and you just kind of have to take it for what it is and say all right they just don't understand and that's the truth and yeah. uh, as long as you're comfortable with your story and where you're from and who you are, I think at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious about um, if you were to find your family in Russia, what would you want to know? Bare minimum, medical. Medical information would be good because this has been a mystery. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, I actually didn't even know my blood type until about a year ago, my whole life just never had to do it it was never taken from me or found out i was a positive i'm like oh that's cool <laughs> it's actually a big deal you know little things like that for adopted people Literally. yeah I, I don't even remember i think i mean my mom knows and i think i've been told maybe once before but it's you know i, I just i'm so used to just saying unknown or you know <laughs> na not applicable <laughs> like i i mean bare minimum is medical history and like probably the furthest, I mean, if it was like, you know, the fairy tale story of, you know, you find the parents or the parent and they're like, oh, my goodness, and welcome you back into their life with open arms. I don't even know if I would want that, to be completely honest, because I have built a life for myself where I am. And maybe I'd want, you know, be able to like, not be totally uninvolved with them, but I'm not gonna, you know, pretend to show up. 17 years later or 18 years whatever it is later and be like oh yeah no i'm back like it's not it's not gonna be like that and i think that's yeah show up after 18 years hey mom my bed's still here <laughs> <laughs> oh oops uh too soon too soon for jokes now but um i understand what you're saying though yeah um but i mean bare minimum sometimes is even hard to get and it's there's a big struggle with people adopted like us that you know how do we accept the fact that we may not know certain things for the rest of our lives? I mean, 
that even I'm sure that eats away at every adopted person. There's always one thing that they're going to wish they had or one more thing or more details or more facts. And sometimes you just have to say, you know, when's when's enough or when are you going to be satisfied? And I think that's hard for people to come to terms with. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely get that knowing that I have an older sister and there's always the like, oh, well, why did she keep her and not me? And that kind of thing. I mean, it, it used to really, really bother me. And it sometimes, you know, it really upset me to think about it and how like, because like for me, I know that I was nine months when my mom put me into the orphanage. And so it's like, and I, so it's just kind of like, like you, you get this mix of like, I, 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 I get how difficult that was. And it is the most difficult decision anyone can ever make. But also then at the same time, you'll have your momentary of like, well, how could someone you know, make that decision, but it's, it's so much back and forth. And I think that like, for me, how I've made peace with, even if I find out absolutely nothing is just choosing not to let it stop me from finding out who I am now. And kind of like being able to almost like a being able to move on thing rather than being caught up in like the past, the history where I'd love to know, but if I never know, I know who I am. And I think that that is, at least for me right now, I am I'm happy with that and I can, you know, be happy with that. Well, that's, that, yeah, that's, that's a really good thing. And to be happy about who you are, it's, that's where everyone wants to be. So that's, it sounds like you already are there, which is awesome. Um, I just have a couple of questions left for you. Um, have that's you ever uh, dealt, or I guess, you know, played around with the whole ancestry or 23andMe? I know a lot of people like to do that. Have you, did you ever do that or have any, uh, thrilled of getting anything from it <laughs> i've i have never done it and i kind of want to do it um oh, yeah. i mean it's it's kind of like where i'm like well you know maybe i'll find out that i'm half this or part that or you know whatever and i mean there's always the question of like oh well how can they be how can they know how how is it so accurate or is it accurate and it's so i mean not like you know if i ever get to a point where i can just you know throw 200 bucks on that type of a thing i might for sure, just almost if it's if nothing more than for shits and giggles, just to find out. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I there's a few, there's a couple of adoptees that ended up doing the twenty three and Me, and they actually found uh, biological relatives that were adopted and signed up for it in the U.S. and were able to connect that way. So that definitely a thought. Um, mm-hmm. So my final question for you, or I guess my final statement to you, would be. Um, why don't you leave everyone with your last thoughts? Uh, maybe it could be advice or suggestions or anyone that's listening and wants to know, what does Masha from Massachusetts want to tell me that I can take away from this? Finding out who you are or where you're from, even when you find out it might you might think that it's gonna solve whatever thing and if it doesn't also that's okay and if it does that's great and just even if you never find out being able to identify with who you are and what makes you happy has to be the most important and if not finding out is making you unhappy and that just keeps you in this unhappy state finding some other way to just be happy with existence is just the most important, I think. 
I love it. That's that's amazing. Your story really is one of a few, I will say that. Um, but I thank you so much for sharing all the information. Thank you for coming on tonight and talking and letting us all into your your side of the story. And um, I'm sure you're going to definitely convince people to uh, find out who they are and maybe inspire some people to go do some opera later or something. I mean, the Russians are known for that. So, um, you know, do that I, music. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, thank you so much again for uh, coming on, sharing. It's been a real pleasure getting to know you. Um, I'd love to follow up with you. Uh, if there's any new information or you find anything, you want to come back on and share it, just let us know. Um, I'll be sure to reach out later, send you um, some resources if you are curious about looking for your family or anything like that. But thank you so much again. It really means a lot that you uh, came on tonight. Absolutely. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for Ab making this space. No problem. Absolutely. That was Masha Schmidt from Massachusetts, everyone. Thank you again for tuning in at another episode of Voice of Adoptees. The episode will be airing every Tuesday and Wednesday morning. Uh, you can find Masha's episode on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and our website at voiceofadoptees.com. If you're interested in knowing anyone adopted, you want to share your story or let them know, they can share their story. Let us know. Come find us. As always, we're here to help. Voice of Adoptees, who am I? Thanks for listening to Voice of Adoptees. Please take a moment to like, subscribe, and leave a review. See you next time.